Hello and welcome to the Brian Hornback Experience. This is episode 84. 84. This one is City of Knoxville 1, Larson J 0. City of Knoxville 1, Larson J 0. Tuesday night, the city council had their their city council meeting uh, at the city at the city county building, main assembly room, uh, and they were voting on the budget. Uh, the Friday before, uh, they'd had a long uh, the city council had a long public hearing about it. Everybody at the city in the main assembly room at the city county building uh, primarily appeared to be from the claps and the and the other speakers appeared to be folks that were police officers, firefighters, city employees. Everyone that spoke, I believe there were six speakers on Tuesday at the city council meeting. And of the five previous speakers, all were in favor of the budget as proposed, including the 50 cent tax increase, property tax increase. And then there was the sixth. The sixth speaker was none other than Knox County Commissioner at Large, Seat 10, Larson J. Now, Larson J., uh, to his credit, uh, has moved all over the city in previous years. But when he ran for county commission four years ago, uh, he lived in the county. He has since put that house on the market. Uh, and he's since moved to a house in West Hills, and apparently he's building a house in Sequoia Hills. So he's a new city resident. I guess the worst-kept secret, thanks to the former ambassador to Poland, uh, who happens to write a um, column in the Daily Paper, uh, Larson J. intends to challenge India Kincannon, the Knoxville mayor, for the mayorship, Come 2023. Now, I've also heard that there's a possibility that he might wait till 2027, which doesn't really coincide with his re-election county commission because he's up for county, he's up for re-election. Just won the primary um, on May 3rd. Uh, I don't remember the percentages, but it was closer than $200,000 should buy you um, against uh, Knoxville attorney Steve Weiner. Um, and um, but uh, he faces Dylan Early in the August fourth uh, general election. Early voting starts July fifteenth, runs through July thirtieth. Now, apparently, his advisors—and I don't know who his advisors are—but surely he has advisors. Uh, surely they didn't tell him that this was a good idea. If he asked anybody at all about this idea before he did it, I hope they didn't say it's a great idea because if they did, Mr. J should fire them immediately. So I'm going to now play for you because I've recorded it, <clears throat> the audio of the exchange with Larson J at the city council meeting, immediately following that, you're going to hear India Kincannon, Mayor India Kincannon's response. This will take less than nine minutes. 
this agenda item is Commissioner Larson Jay speaking against the budget. Mr. Jay. Good evening, Larson Jay, 8407 Portland Drive. I come before you tonight as a Knoxville resident and a concerned taxpayer. We're right in the middle of an economic crisis and this proposed budget and tax rate increase only makes things worse for the average citizen. Every day, the people of Knoxville are facing higher gas prices to get to work, higher prices at the grocery store to feed their family, more expensive medicine to care for themselves, and skyrocketing home values, along with an overwhelming property tax assessment that threaten many people who constantly fear for being priced out of their own homes. It's a tough time right now for many, but this proposed budget and tax increase does not reflect the current reality. Every business owner and every household knows when you spend more than you make, you can't just always go ask for a raise. You also have to cut your expenses. Experience tells us that there are times when you push forward with improvements, ideas, and initiatives, and there are times when you pull back, take a breath, and you assess things later in the process when the time is right. When I read the budget proposal, it amazed me. There were virtually no descriptions that didn't include the words increases or exceeds the minimum. What concerns me the most is when I read a recent report about the proposed spending budget that, if adopted, is projected to only last three more years before the money runs out, and you'll have to go back to the taxpayers and ask for another tax increase once again. This is a spending plan that is not sustainable and does not reflect prudent fiscal management. In a time where virtually every person in our community is trimming their budget, watching their spending, and doing what they can to combat ever-rising inflation, please don't rubber stamp this plan and endorse this administration that doesn't appear to be doing anything to find financial savings to cut back on expenses or find ways to defer ever-rising costs to the taxpayers. This is not the time for the largest tax increase in Knoxville's history. You have the opportunity tonight to stand up for the citizens of this great city. You can reject this budget and send it back for revisions and demand cuts, demand efficiencies, demand that our government do better. You have the power to reduce the proposed tax increase to a more moderate level, sustainable level, and focus all your efforts on supporting the most vital services, police, fire, first responders, public safety. Go all in on the folks right here behind me, but then look at the rest of the line items. Prioritize them one at a time, just like every business does. Look at the real needs, not just the wishes. Tighten the belt, give people some relief, and move the nice-to-have projects back a bit until economic conditions improve. In the recent city elections, it was continuously touted that Knoxville was in good financial shape. If you approve this as is, what will you say in three years when the money runs out and you have to ask for more? When you make your budget decision tonight, please just ask yourself three questions. Is this budget and proposed tax increase excessive? Does this budget reflect the absolutely necessary priorities of our community? And has this administration made every single effort to be the most efficient and effective operation before asking for more? This is not the time for the largest tax increase in Knoxville's history. Thank you for your time and consideration. Thank you, council members. That concludes the people who signed up to speak on this. Uh, I'd like to just share a few thoughts before you start your conversation. First, want to thank uh, all of council for all your hard work. I know you've um, had a 
extensive uh, legislative budget hearing last Friday, and I, I think uh, there was a lot of good discussion there, a lot of good questions asked and, and answered. Um, I also think it's it's really important. I appreciate uh, Commissioner Jay for sharing his thoughts. I, I know he's uh, recent, recently moved to the city, so he may not be familiar with our priorities and values, but we believe in supporting affordable housing. We believe in supporting the environment. We believe in paying for professional first responders that serve everybody regardless of ability to pay. And we believe in paying our employees a fair market wage and not just saying things that we say are nice to put, you know, putting our money where our mouth is. So I'm really proud of this budget. I'm really proud of what it contains. It's essential services. There's not fluff in this budget. It's about crucial, essential core services. We heard about the life-saving services that just helped a resident this weekend. That happens every day, all day. And our public service and public works employees are no different. They are keeping our streets smooth and paved. They're keeping us, uh, preventing us from having floods and, and other things. So I know that the people of Knoxville value those services and expect us uh, to pay for them. And as far as efficiencies, we've, we've discussed many times how our employees are doing more with less. And anyone who's worked for any organization at all knows that the definition of productivity is people doing more with less. And that's what our employees have been doing, not just the last couple of years, but for decades. So I'm, I'm grateful for the hard work of our employees. The residents of Knoxville expect and rely on those crucial services. And I'm really proud to be supporting those crucial essential services in this budget. Also, just a point of that would be all those in attendance at the meeting um, that would be sitting. I'd also like to commend our, our finance team for the AAA bond rating that we continuously get and maintain. And it, it just got increased, uh, improved this year. So thank you to our CFO, Susan Janot, and her team. Thank you, Mayor. And part of being uh, getting good bond ratings and having a good fiscal stewardship is good fiscal policy. And that means from time to time, just like Mayor Victor Ass, just like Mayor and then Governor Bill Haslam, and just like my predecessor, Madeline Rojero, from time to time, the people of Knoxville want the services to continue. We raise taxes to cover those services. And that's what this budget includes. So I want to um, thank everybody for putting together this budget. I want to thank our employees for all the hard work and for sticking with this work, even though you've been paid well below market for decades. We're trying to catch up and make up for lost time because this is an acute issue in the housing market. It's an acute issue in the labor market. And we cannot afford to disregard our responsibility in maintaining these crucial services for our city. We're at a tipping point. And I'll just repeat a couple things. I know you council members have heard these many times. Our population is growing. Building permits are up. Residents are calling on city services more than ever. Police calls alone are up 12%. So just, just a reminder, police calls are up 12% and we're down more than 50 officers and 100 of them could retire either tomorrow or really soon. We also face skyrocketing inflation. We all are seeing it in our grocery store bills and our gas bills and other bills that we face. The city of Knoxville has to pay those bills too. We, we can't say, oh, I'm sorry, firefighters and police officers, you're going to have to not respond to calls for service today because gas is too expensive. We can't do that. We have an acute number of unfilled positions across departments, public service, fleet, police, fire. 
This spring, as you all know, we could not recruit enough qualified applicants to hold a police academy. That does not bode well for the public safety of our community. I'm not willing to sacrifice Knoxville's safety and quality of life by being penny wise and pound foolish. So this budget is all about high quality core services and the infrastructure to keep Knoxville's positive momentum going. This decision to raise taxes was not made lightly, but we have to be fiscally responsible. And so anyhow, I know I'm, I'm, I'm saying things that you've heard many times, and so I'm gonna stop my remarks and let you guys have your discussion about this and I'll pipe in as needed. Okay, so that was the um, that was Larson Jay's um, comments at public forum um, at the city council meeting. That was Mayor Kincannon's immediate response to Larson Jay. Uh, again, um, this may be a precursor to next year's city mayor's race. Uh, this morning, uh, this is being recorded on Sunday, uh, May the twenty second. Um, this. Uh, on WBIR's Inside Tennessee, um, as uh, they had Mayor Kincannon on to speak, Susan Williams talked about a moderate Republican potentially challenging um, Mayor Kincannon in next year's election. And she even mentioned that Larson Jay was at the commission meeting, uh, I'm sorry, the council meeting on Tuesday uh, to talk about the budget. Now, again, uh, Larson J is, um, Susan Williams is my friend, and I will give her the moderate terminology that she called Larson J, a moderate Republican. Uh, many friends in the big tent of the Republican Party, which I'm a member of, which I am uh, currently a the state executive committee man for district, uh, Senate District 6, um, in our big tent of the Republican Party, we have many people. We have people on the far right. We have people on the right. We have people in the middle. We have people on the right middle, in the middle middle, in the left middle. We have people on the left. We have people on the far left in the Republican Party. Uh, I will give my friend Susan Williams the respect to say that Larson Jay is a moderate. Many of my friends in all the different factions of the Republican Party that I've mentioned would call him a liberal. I don't call names. I look at individual issues. I look at individual persons. I look at individual votes uh, of elected officials, and I make my determination in my own mind, but I true choose not to identify someone as far right, far left, moderate right, moderate left, center, whatever. I choose not to do that. Um, but I do consider myself cons fiscally conservative Republican, but I'm not going to define other people. Okay. But I found it interesting that this is a member of commission who in the past at commission meetings have talked about, we need to asphalt more. And in order to asphalt more, we need to take a different approach to the budget. Uh, he's talking to the council and saying to the council that they should reject this budget and send it back. In the four years that Mr. J's been on commission, I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and, and research it. I'm not sure that he's ever sent one back. 
to the mayor. Uh, but I could be wrong on that. And if I am, so be it. But I don't want this to be a podcast, a Brian Hornback experience, episode 84, that is only about Mayor Kincannon and Larson J. Because again, this budget, when it was adopted on Tuesday, um, May the 17th, is now the city's budget. The city council approved it on the 17th. But I think that Commissioner Lauren Ryder from the 4th District, which is predominantly North City, had an interesting point that I think really needs to be aired. And here's that point. That's David Brace. Okay, so that was Councilwoman Lauren Ryder uh, making the point about the wheel tax, which I believe the wheel tax was passed in, I think the original wheel tax, which was like $6, was passed in 99 uh, for a justice center, uh, and then uh, it was passed again, and then it went up 30 bucks to $36, I believe it was, if I'm going by memory, um, uh, to, to its current level, and... Um, let me just let me just point this out. Um, it was passed as a means uh, to build an actual library downtown to replace Lawson McGee Library. Again, if you're a library connoisseur, and when I was on the school board, um, I proposed the fact that maybe because first of all, when I was on the school board twenty years ago, two thousand or two thousand four, I was on the school board representing Southwest Knox County, uh, the fifth district. Um, it was pointed out that we have the largest per capita number of branch libraries of anywhere in the nation. But I came up with the idea that as we build new schools, that we should put uh, adjacent to a, pub, a, 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 a library in a school, we should put, we should come out a significant number of feet and build a public library. Because communities like the bluegrass community where I live doesn't have a public library like 
Cedar Bluff does, like Farragut does, like Corrington does, like all these other communities have. The library director at that time, Miss Watson, said that, well, her patrons would be, um, can't remember the term, would be intimidated by large groups of children. At that point, I said, okay, forget that. And I had some other choice words to say. But here, according, again, according to my source, which is third party. So if we're in a court of law, which we're not, we're on the Brian Hornback experience. We're not in a court of law. But if we're in a court of law, they would say this is hearsay. If you've been watching the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. But my source says that in talking to Chris Caldwell, that 80% of the wheel tax goes to libraries. 15% goes to schools and 5% goes to the general fund in the fiscal year 2020. So we're in 20, we're in 2021, 2022. Now fiscal year, 2022, 2023 starts on July one. The clerk's office turned over $15.9 million to Knox County on the wheel tax. So 15% goes to uh, 80% goes to libraries 15% goes to schools and 5% goes to the general fund. So to Lauren Ryder's credit, um, at least roll that back 5%. I mean, the general fund, I mean, really the general fund. And we'll talk about that in the next, in the next little bit, because the County commission is going to, they had their first public hearing uh, last this past Monday on uh May 26th, they're going to have one more public hearing at five o'clock on June the 1st. That's Wednesday, June the 1st. And then they're going to vote on their budget on uh, immediately after that public hearing. No citizen showed up on May 16th at the budget hearing. Uh, So um, I'm going to be encouraging people to look at the county budget, to go have a, a say or two on the county budget. But I think that, um, just based on the conversation I heard at city council that maybe 5% should be rolled back or maybe rededicate that 5% instead of it going to the general fund, put it somewhere else. Maybe, maybe send um, 20% to schools instead of 15% to schools. Uh, But anyway, Again, this Brian Hornback experience uh, episode 84 has been city of Knoxville one Larson J zero. Again, Larson, whoever your advisor is that either one, a thought this was a good idea or B said, yes, go do this. You should fire them immediately with that. This episode 84 has been concluded. Y'all have a great day.